This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupwithatruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. John Haller is our guest today. We've got so much to get to, so I just want to jump into a couple things reminding you to... um, uh, support our friends. Check out their websites at Harbingers Daily. They're such a support and blessing to this ministry, Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Also, our friends at RedPrince.com. They have a Stand Up For The Truth page. I just ordered a couple other items. Everything on there that I've ordered, good quality. I've ordered over a dozen things. They, have, they use some really good vendors. But these are our Christian uh, family members in Canada. So um, Harbingers Daily and Red Pill Prince. You can go to StandUpForTheTruth.com, look for the word uh, merch. Now, uh, just the bad states from uh, that we read the list yesterday, those that uh, we don't know if we have listeners or anybody that's donated, because 41 states are represented in the list of people from across the country that donate to Stand Up For The Truth. 41 is more than I thought we had, but I'm going to read the, the, the naughty list here. Uh, Connecticut, Hawaii, Kansas, that surprises me that Kansas, there's, I know there's listeners in Kansas, come on now, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, um, Rhode Island, Utah, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Now, I got a text from a pastor friend of mine. He says, I know you have at least a couple listeners in Hawaii because my son and his wife listen. And I'm going, okay, all right, John, uh, help them, they're reaching their pockets a little bit, send a little donation so we can get Hawaii on the, on the list. So, one more thing, responses to yesterday's podcast with Scott Shera on the eugen- not eugenics, um, euthanasia agenda. Um, one friend says, my dad is vaccine injured from Moderna. He had to take it in order to go on an honor flight. Now my dad's kidneys are damaged and has to do dialysis, dialysis three times a week. My wife is vaccine injured from Johnson & Johnson. My best friend, Jason, died in his sleep three days after the second Pfizer shot. And uh, we did mention that my wife, Rosanna, will be on the podcast on Monday the 20th. We will hear uh, just how she's doing. We'll update you on the last year and a half of our lives. Our lives have changed uh, due to her having to get the vaccine to go visit her family in Toronto, Canada. Okay, yeah, it's, it's Toronto. Toronto, you don't pronounce the T. Um, okay, one more email. David, I praise God for the boldness you and Scott Shara exhibited on today's show. That was yesterday. God bless both of you. I couldn't help but shed a few tears after hearing the podcast. How far we've gone down, and there's almost nobody I know of who I can talk to about what you and Scott shared. Most fellow believers can't even conceive of such things. Um, God bless you, brother. So thank you, guys. That was from John. The other email was from Bill, other listeners. We get a lot of emails. Thank you guys for so much. Now, I want to bring in John Haller. Um, he's got a very busy schedule uh, Lawyer, elder, teacher. He's known for his weekly prophecy updates. He's a pastor at Fellowship Bible Chapel. John, brother, good to have you back. Good to be back, David. So let's start with your wife, Pam. She was in the hospital yesterday. Uh, please give us an update so we know how to pray specifically. Yeah, well, so one update, I know I, I'm pretty sure I'd mentioned on the show previously that she had, uh, we've both had COVID twice uh, and lost our sense of taste and smell. And it's not you lose it, it gets really messed up. So things taste like steak tastes like mm-hmm. something really bad that you don't want to put in your mouth. Oh. And I was out for 10 weeks. The first time she lost hers for about eight months and got back. And then in December of 
2021, we both got COVID and her taste and smell went bad again. And it fight praise the Lord finally came back about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So it's been kind of fun watching her like, that's the best burrito I've ever had in my life, you know, and, uh, uh-huh. as she gets all these things tasting <laughs> correctly again. So, uh, mm-hmm. but then yesterday she went to the eye doctor and she, you know, she has some allergy problems mm-hmm. and not sure what mm-hmm. happened. We think it was the eye drops. Uh, she was suddenly got very, very sure BP went up to like 220 over 180. And uh, she was having chest pains and everything. So they took her by the squad over to the, a local ER and they ran a bunch of tests there and uh, told her to follow up with her doctor. So she, she seems to be okay today. The BP is still a little bit higher than I think we would like. Mm-hmm. So you could, could uh, keep her in her prayers. But it appears it was an allergic reaction um, to that. Okay. To well, the, I, well, praise God she's home. And um, yeah. and uh, give you God, Lord, give them wisdom and what decisions to make regarding uh, just checking, just following up and checking on her and what 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 they can do. Um, continue to pray for uh, John and Pam, friends. Um, and what we're going to talk about today, a lot of things. Uh, Mary saw your emails, John, all the things that you send over. And she, uh, listeners, a lot of people that watch your weekly updates as well. Plus, stand up for the truth, listeners want to know when does John Haller sleep? Yes. Uh, sometimes at night, (laughs) you know, I I sort of learned to multitask a lot of years ago. So, you know, so it was interesting yesterday. I, you know, I always send these emails to David people. So, you know, and they have this list and this nice outline and everything. And then like in the first, what, like minute and a half, we've completely gone off the the rails (laughs) in terms of what I had sent to him. But I, I wanted to point out that yesterday, because it was kind of an interesting day, um, just before I got the phone call from Pam, hey, you know, the squad's here, and then a paramedic called and said, hey, we're putting her in the squad to take her over to the ER at the uh, downtown hospital, where, which I sort of call their ER gunshot central. It's because a very chaotic looking. place, wow. I think. Uh, it's not very serene. And, you know, there's just a lot of activity and it's crammed and, you know, they're searched. They, you get searched when you go into the ER there. Yikes. But, um, I had been, I, I had met a pastor in when I was in Jerusalem in December and a friend had just said, Hey, you know, why don't you come over? Uh, why don't you go to dinner with us tonight? I want you to meet this pastor from Ukraine. And so we had this amazing dinner. Uh, the poor guy, I don't think I, he, had time to eat because I'm peppering with questions for like three hours. <laughs> and and then we walked around Jerusalem a little bit, but he gave a lot of information. I, I don't want to give too much information because of security issues. He probably doesn't care, but I'm not sure about that. But then yesterday I had some questions. Somebody had sent me some questions. So I thought, well, I'm going to ask him. And then he said, well, give me a call. And he calls me, you know, and he goes, I have internet now. I, it's so exciting. I have internet and the, the power just came back on. And it was, and so I'm sort of thinking like, you know, I was complaining about something that didn't seem that important, Mm. you know, and then Pam called while we were on the line. I said, I got to go. And he said, well, we'll pray for you and all that stuff. So, but we had this amazing conversation and the guy lives in a war zone. Mm. And the thing that kind of struck me throughout the whole conversation was he seemed joyful in a sense, you know, I'm here serving the Lord and this is wonderful. And I get to share the gospel and all these things. And it just, it's kind of humbling when you talk to people in those situations. So he lives in a war zone 
and he's still doing the job. And so we need to pray for mm. our Christian brothers and friends yes. in Ukraine. There have been a lot of things going on there. And I, and I know every time I say something, I will get emails from like, oh, you don't understand geopolitics and you don't know what's going on. But I, I did ask him the question about uh, the stories I've heard about children being kidnapped from Ukraine and taken to Russia, forcibly taken to Russia. And he said that that's true and it's happening in the thousands. Mm. And part of that is because of this demographic problem that Russia has, their demographics are collapsing just like China, just like Japan. And there's, there's articles all over the place. Now I've been talking about this for, I think I brought it up at a conference in 2019 for the first time. Uh, we live in a very strange world where these large populations, now they're still large populations, but they're on, they will be half the people in, in 30 years in countries like China and India and other places that have had particularly sex selection, abortions and that type of things. But China had, you know, one child, um, policy for a long time. They probably had 500 million forced abortions in China. Uh, you know, close to 10 times what we've had here in the United States, which wow. we think is, uh, as Christians who respect life and honor life as a gift from God. What happened in China it was, it was, it was a Holocaust of, of proportions that we can't even imagine. And so China's demographic problem started 50 years ago. And about 30 years ago, it reached a point where it can't be recovered. There's, there's no way, and people will write to me and say, well, they'll just turn it around. They'll just change it. And I'm just saying is you can't change it when it gets to that point. And then you look at what is the impact of that on geopolitics? China knows, the leaders of China know this. Iran uh, <clears throat> reported in their own newspapers in the Tehran Times a few months ago that Iran has had the fastest collapse of female fertility rates of any yep. society in history of <clears throat> humanity. <clears throat> and so then the question becomes what, what impact and uh, my friend Seth Fansman at the Jerusalem post wrote a pretty good article about this recently. Like what does that mean for geopolitics? And uh, when we look at this in terms of Bible prophecy and the wars that are prophesied and that type of thing, I think it, 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 causes a country it will cause a country to act to preserve its legacy mm -hmm. so yeah. it makes them it makes them more dangerous than they have been so russia part of this ukrainian war russia is in a demographic decline and collapse there was reports goodness it's probably been eight years ago now i think in foreign policy there was an article about uh putin's muslim problem that the population of Moscow at that time was estimated to be 25% and that there is a point and it may have already reached this point where the Russian army armed forces will have, uh, will be 50% over 50% Muslim. Uh, and so as Putin tries to preserve Russian legacy, this taking of children from Ukraine, it's not like this hasn't happened in the past historically. Mm -hmm. And I think yep. this is happening again. So, um, you know, see, we can argue about who's right or wrong in this war and that type of thing, but there's a human tragedy going on there yes, of yes. a scale that rarely gets talked about. Yes. 
Um, I want to let Mary uh, jump in here, but I I have to ask you to follow up on that. Um, We've been really concerned about the church there, Christians, pastors, people that are innocent people suffering, as you mentioned, on a scale we're probably not fully aware of. But I just saw this article. I want to get your take on this, John, because it's about Ukraine and how America is reacting. Uh, Apparently, Zelensky made an appearance at the Grammy Awards. I didn't know I'd rather put Tabasco in my eye than watch the Grammys. But he, I guess he made a, an appeal for help, and uh, um, I don't know what else he said. But um, So, you know, Hollywood, the media, our government, they're all pro-Zelensky and maybe pro-Ukraine, but I don't know if that's the whole story. I just want to get your, your take and some perspective on this guy and on, on that part of it. Yeah, you know, I'm no, I'm no fan of Zelensky. I do know that, uh, you know, when you talk to people in Ukraine, and, and it's not just this pastor friend that I've talked to, it's also people who've been on the ground as missionaries there that, you know, th- there's been this going back and forth between Russia and Ukraine for many years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for example, in the Ukrainian war right now, uh, it, it, it's interesting how it kind of plays into Ezekiel 38 and 39 in a way. And I, I'm more convinced now that it's, it's, there's a connection there. But listen, according to my pastor friend, according to Christian missionaries that I've been in communication with, um, the, the evangelical church in Ukraine is being persecuted. And there's no love lost between the Russian Orthodox Church and the evangelical church, uh, evangelicals have been sending missionaries into Russia for years mm-hmm. from Ukraine, a huge amount. And the Russians do not like this. The Russians are very ethnic oriented and the Russian Orthodox Church is part of this. It's, and, but they're taking soldiers, um, from Libya, from Ethiopia, uh, Syria and other places and, and throwing them into the Ukrainian theater. And I was told yesterday, so I haven't had a chance to verify it. I will pass it along that even Ukrainians are being drug into the Russian army to fight other Ukrainians. Gosh. Uh, there has been death on an epic scale. Ukraine was about 40 million people before the war started. I think that that population is close to half of that now. So we, we've seen this over the years. We, the Syrian civil war has been going on. We were in Israel, uh, in March of 2011 when that started. Uh, we were just 30 minutes away from where it really took off in Dara in southern Syria. <coughs> and the, uh, the scale of suffering that's been there. I mean, half, over half the people where the, do not live where they lived in March of 2011. And there's probably, I, I certainly think the number of people dead is north of a million. Mm. A lot of people displaced. Uh, Turkey has uh, three to four million refugees. The population of Jordan is about double what it normally would be, same mm. with Lebanon, because of Syrian refugees. Mm. And understand, I mean, they, they live in horrible conditions. Yeah. And this earthquake occurred in southeastern Turkey along the Syrian border where a lot of these refugees live. So, you know, this is winter. Um, I, I think, uh, Mary, I think we were talking before the show started that you had seen uh, some reports of 5,000 confirmed dead, but the BBC and some others were reporting that it could end up being eight times that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Turkish government came out and mm-hmm. said that that earthquake 
is the worst disaster in Turkey in 200 years. Mm. Um, you know, we've had some massive earthquakes in the world in the last 20 years. I think there were about a million Chinese killed in 2008 in an earthquake, about 800,000 Iranians in uh, 2013 or 2015 in an earthquake. So these, and, and the, the thing is these earthquakes happen. Uh, I mean, people are going about their daily lives and all of a sudden everything is crushed. Uh, it happens in a war. And so in Syria, so I guess we're going to talk about the Turkish earthquake right now. Sure. This is, uh, just massive suffering. Mm. I'm seeing all kinds of videos. I'm, what I find in these tragedies now is that the best source for following what's going on is uh, Twitter. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's um, it, it, it's a scale of suffering that we have not seen. And and then the question becomes, you know, what, what I think about this in terms of Bible prophecy and what's the impact? Mm-hmm. Because is is this the backdrop to this earthquake in 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 Turkey and Syria really is is heavily damaged? I've seen uh, there's there's hundreds of buildings that have collapsed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen these videos of 16 story buildings just dropping, yeah, amazing. Like yeah, the Twin Towers did on 9 11. Mm-hmm. As people are you know people are filming one building collapse and then one collapses across mm-hmm. the street. Yeah. Now, some of these in Aleppo have been damaged by uh, a lot of bombing by the Syrian government aided by Russia uh, in the Syrian civil war. They essentially were bombing areas, uh, Sunni areas, to get people to leave, and they did. And so, like, as I said, Turkey has three or four million refugees living there, and this has a huge economic impact on Turkey. So there have been talks recently, though, where and this is sort of a end time alliance that I think people should pay attention to. You have uh, these talks going on between Russia is trying to broker talks with Turkey and Syria to resolve their conflicts over the border and bringing Iran in as well. And so this is pretty significant. And then so when you translate that over to the Ukrainian theater, you know, when we talk about a Magog, Persia, Tagarma, Meshach, Tubal alliance, I think it's clear that Turkey and Persia are involved. Mm. But now what do we see is we see Iran working with Russia in Ukraine to attack Ukraine, providing them drones and missile technologies. Iran just came out yesterday and said, hey, here's this massive underground, one of our massive underground bases that we built to protect our airfares because they're preparing for war. And we know what the ultimate target is. And so you're seeing this alliance form and not the alliance just sort of form where people are talking and doing photo ops. There are weapons being provided by Persia, Iran to Russia. So maybe this is the way we identify Magog that's involved in this alliance. I mean, because it's, it's a controversial thing in Bible prophecy and there's, there's not a lot of agreement. Um, the, you know, people have different views on it. And so, but I think we're seeing a cementing of this, these alliances that are, uh, indicative of what's, of what's coming down the road. Now, exactly when that happens in this end time timeline, again, is something controversial. I personally think it's closer to the end as part of a series of war le- leading up to Armageddon. 
Uh, but we'll, you know, time will tell. Uh, you know, the best way to determine who's right on Bible prophecy is after the fact. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> the way it was going to work out. So I often joke that, you know, we, we all have our little charts and timelines and that type of thing. And that, uh, that 30 minutes of silence uh, that's referenced in Revelation is so all the prophecy teachers can update their charts quickly. Uh, <laughs> to uh, reflect reality. So, and I always say, keep them in an editable format so you can, you can change them quickly. So it's, it's a very, it's a very interesting time, but we're seeing these alliances and these things come together. Mm -hmm. And then we, and then we have these things, we have this like back to back massive earthquakes. Mm -hmm. And I, I, they were initially reported to 7.8 and 7.5. I read somewhere, but again, I haven't had time to confirm it since I was, kind of tied up with my wife yesterday um, that this one had been upgraded to 8.1. Well, mm. to go from 7.8 to 8.1, you know, from 7.8 to 7.9, I believe is 10 times mm-hmm. more powerful. It's, yep. it's an exponential yep. scale. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you go up 0.3 in the strength. And so, and I'm, I'm seeing pictures today as things are coming out and I'm seeing huge areas of cities you know, they say all oh, 160 buildings collapsed. I'm telling you, you, I'm seeing pictures of places in Turkey and Syria where whole town city centers are collapsed. So it's, it's, I think that the optimistic view right now is the eightfold over eight times 5,000 yeah. may be an optimistic view as to how many people died. I, I think it, uh, it could easily get into the, um, uh, hundreds of thousands. Wow. Or up, oh, up to a hundred thousand. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reminded of the Haiti earthquake in 2010 because I had a couple of friends who were actually in that earthquake. And I believe they're saying close to 200,000 died in that. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't that yeah, terribly I think long it was ago. Between, I think it was between 250 and 300,000. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. So that's a number that I hadn't even heard. Um, so that amount of devastation. And I don't think Haiti ever actually recovered from that because now they have this incredible civil unrest. They had tent cities. Mm. And and thirty thousand buildings, and that's that's a very low estimate of how many buildings collapsed. Um, so yeah, something like this can really cut across what you seem to think you understand about Bible prophecy and who's who. Because I know the China, Russia, North Korea axis too is involved in uh, Ukraine. Uh, it seems to me as though they're Correct. actually dismantling Ukraine to build something different. And I know that may be out there a little bit, but it seems like with everyone that's involved, it mm. seems like they just are picking it apart. Um, to do something else with it. I don't know. Is build that, back better, maybe. Build, build back better. Yeah. Well, there, there is, you know, there are some, uh, I mean, I, I played a, a video Sunday in my prophecy update that somebody had put out. Um, I came across it on Twitter, uh, Ukraine 2030. And it says, you know, after the Ukraine war we're building, we're the best digital society. We have digital IDs. We don't have cash. We don't. It, it was sort of like a, a mashup of all the things that we as Christians are mm. concerned about. We're not against progress, mm-hmm. right? but we see a lot of things happening that sort of tie into this mark of the beast technology and the system of control that will be put in place. So they may be trying to do that. Um, they may be trying to do that in Ukraine uh, and there's a lot of talk about that. And then you see Zelensky showing up all these places at Davos and yeah. asking for money and mm-hmm. this and that and our Congress. And uh, I 
again, I didn't watch the Grammys either. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> I've, but my Twitter feed is full of, you know, there was this statue that was represented, that was erected yes, yes, uh, yes. at a government building in New York City. Creepy. And it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's really sort of a form of some of the, the, uh, deities that the Jews were told not to have anything to do with when they mm-hmm. came into the promised land. <laughs> um, and this one has the spike hair and all this stuff. So I'm going to say is go find that statue, uh, at New York and then go find a picture of Madonna announcing this unholy song. And that's the title of the song at the Grammys the other night. Madonna looks like the statue. Um, at first, you you would not know it when there's Madonna unless you saw the caption underneath. Wait, so she was at the Grammys? At a teen, teen song called Unun. Oh, okay. I saw the pictures of that. And, but her her hair was in this, the form of this statue that a lot of people were upset with just a week ago in New York. But I'm saying I, she is not recognizable as Madonna. I mean, this is you know one of the icons of rock music over the last mm-hmm. decade, few decades. She looks like this satanic deity statue that they erected in New York. And then as I'm researching that, uh, I run across a picture of, there was a, I think I sent you a picture of it in the one email, the copper courier, I think, coming impact of a decision. This was written last year before the Dobbs decision came down that overturned Roe versus Wade. And they had a picture of Planned Parenthood in Tucson, Arizona. Yep. So, so go, go find the copper courier. Yeah. And the picture <clears throat> is the same goddess figure. This is on the property of Planned Parenthood in Tucson. This pagan deity goddess statue. And it's virtually the same as the statue that they put on this government building in New York. And now we see Madonna at the Grammys. I just saw a picture. Dressed the same way. And she's unrecognizable. Did you see? I I don't know what happened. I mean, um, I'm just telling you, it, it, it was shocking. Well, isn't this like. three three minutes left in this segment, John? Isn't this kind of like a shout out to Mother Earth, to God, goddess of fertility and the the women power, whatever, and the the, the abortion movement? Isn't this uh, what they're doing here? Yeah, you know, and that Gaia thing keeps coming up in mm-hmm. Mother Earth, and so I, I you you need to understand that these people that are in these uh, woke movements on the left, the environmental movement, and green movements and that type of thing. There is a mother earth goddess worship component to that. There's a heavy spiritual component. So when I'm talking to my pastor friend in Ukraine the other day, and I'm thinking like this guy's, he's in a war zone. And then I'm thinking about it this morning. We're all in a war zone at this point. Um, There are things happening that are just Mm -hmm. uh, hard to wrap our head around Mm -hmm. at Davos. John Kerry um, surfaced again. Uh, Al Gore, of course, came and he had a complete meltdown. And then John Kerry came and said, well, we understand we're, we're almost extraterrestrial type people here. Uh, and he said, but there's, you know, I've, I've come to a conclusion that there's one thing that we need, money, money, money. 
money, I think he said it seven times. <laughs> we have seven problems we need to solve. Money, 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 oh, money, my money. So, so you're talking about John Hines Carey, right? That's right, yeah, yeah, who, yeah. who's married to uh, very – he happened to marry into money there after <laughs> – uh, after Paris. her husband, yeah. a, a senator, Republican senator from uh, Pennsylvania was killed. But they have an organization that formed, they formed. And the mm. I can't remember the name of it. it was in my update a, a week or so ago. G-A-E-A hmm. is the is the acronym that they came up with for this charitable foundation to raise trillions of dollars to push the green agenda. Mm-hmm. And Kerry says, we're on our way. We just need money, money, money. So these, all these things are connected, but there's a, the thing I think to keep in mind is that there's this heavy spiritual component to all of these things that are happening that, and so we're, we're in a war zone. Mm -hmm. Um, don't know what else to say. And we know that these things are coming, earthquakes, rumors of wars, that type of thing. We we do have to take a break. One of my friends said. Yeah, John, we've got to take, take a break, but war zone, we know there's spiritual warfare. Um, going on. We know the enemy is very busy, hard at work, but we are also seeing the manifestation of physical type war zones and the battles that are being played out in our culture, in our government, the entertainment industry, in our courts, and uh, sometimes in our churches. But we've got a lot more to come with John Haller. A lot of headlines to get to when we come back on Stand Up for the Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. John Haller is our guest. Before we get into the Davos globalists hyping uh, companies spying on workers' brainwaves, true story, I'm just going to rattle off some of the headlines and see where John wants to go. First of all, Harbinger's Daily, my new article this week, Lust for Death, The Satanic Temple is now going to provide free religious medication abortions, and they're doing abortions under the guise of a religious. So they want the the freedom. They want the – anyway, it's creepy. It's demonic. But State of the Union, I thought it was last night or next week, but it is. I guess it's tonight. Tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, don't waste your time, but we can talk about that because they're going to tout all the wonderful things the uh, Biden uh, Marxists have been doing in the last couple of years. Also, Twitter employees – are going to testify before House Oversight Committee regarding suppression of tweets the, uh, that we all know have happened in the last several years. Um, also, expert on gender medicine states four out of five children overcome gender confusion if they're just left alone. Uh, next, surfing superstar, kudos to Bethany Hamilton, who announces that she will no longer compete if the World Surf League allows trans surfers to compete against women. And final headline, shocking number of millennials still rely on their parents to pay their bills. Uh, more than three in ten, apparently, and that's maybe not so shocking. But um, John Haller, do you want to talk about the State of the Union? Or do you want to just skip it and jump right into important well, let's, things? Let's talk about the the first one you talked about. And, and I don't know if the, I didn't listen to your show yesterday, so I, I don't know if it <sighs> came up. But, you know, in Canada, there's <laughs> been this push for what they call MAID, M-A-I-D, yes. medical assistance in dying. Euthanasia, yes. And they're actually even pushing this through the uh, physicians' associations and that sort of thing and the psychiatric yeah. associations to sort of like, well, listen, we'll, we're going to take over your child because the guardians of the state, the state will act as a guardian and we will make the decision as to whether your disabled child needs medical assistance in dying. 
Jeez. and getting there. And so this, this all has this, mm. there's like this anti-life yep. agenda that's in place. And again, uh, and, and so we see these things and it happens. And, and we know that Jesus, when he was talking in Matthew chapter 24, he described this as birth pangs. And so we need to remember as we're sort of a, what I think is approaching this end. Um, I mean, so my wife's in the hospital yesterday and, you know, we've had the COVID thing and our pastor had a mild heart attack on Saturday night and he called me and from the ER and said, you know, I, I may not be able to do tomorrow. I'm like, well, you're in, you're having a, you know, you're having chest pains and everything and you're in the ER. You're not doing tomorrow. I'm doing tomorrow. (laughs) But I was sort of thinking the next morning, I was like, could we just go back to like 2018 and start over? (laughs) And I don't think that that's going to happen. And so the the thing, so the attitude there is remember Jesus described it as a birthing process. Mm. That takes some time. It gets increasingly intense. Yes. It's not a C-section. Okay. C-section, and, and I'm not diminishing, you know, women who've had C-sections or anything like that, but that kind of cuts things really short in terms of the birth pang process, mm. um, sometimes. And so that's not what we're going through. It's going to be a birthing process. And so it's going to get more intense. Now, I, I think maybe one of the things we should talk about a little bit is artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm, sure. And I have this article, I think, that I sent you by uh, Tim Hinchcliffe, Hinchcliffe from the uh, site called The Sociable. I think it's a good site to follow. Um, there's another one. What's it called? Brownstone Institute. Yes, and, yes Brownstone. Uh, some others that, that do some very good on tech and what's coming. And then also there's a guy named Joe Allen. He's on... Um, Steve Bannon's war room uh, regularly. He's their AI guy. Uh, he's, I think he was on Patrick Wood might have a new thing that he's doing someplace. I saw the other day, you know, Patrick and he talks about technocracy and that type of thing. So this article at the sociable that the Davos world economic forum, it was sort of like a, uh, a, a festival of, you know, where where they want to take things so they had con- they had sessions on disinformation is a what they call disinformation or misinformation is an existential threat to our agenda and so what you're going to see candidates rolling it out uh yeah other places are rolling it out these speech codes mm-hmm. that are coming into place now mm-hmm. this was done under the radar not so much under the radar but the, the government with the Twitter things, we're finding this that the government outsourced control of speech to the tech companies. Uh, by the way, I, I'm not so sure that these tech companies may not be some of these beast kingdoms at this last conglomeration of kingdoms that these a tech company might do that because they have incredible power and it's growing. So they did a session at Davos called the battle for your brain. Yes. And it was about uh, brain. They, they talked about brain transparency. What is that? And one of the things that they did this. Now, remember, five years ago, I was, I don't know if I was one of the first, but I picked up on this guy named Yuval Noah Harari mm-hmm. uh, speaking at the World Economic Forum about hacking humans and what's it going to mean to be human and what are we going to do 
when people don't have any value to society anymore, what, what are we going to do with them? Now, so some people, um, that are involved with open AI, which is really coming to the fore right at the moment, uh, was started by, um, Elon Musk and another guy whose name escapes me. I played a clip of his Sunday and he says like, yeah, well, this will be good. I, you know, yeah, there's some things that concern me, but ultimately it will be good. Uh, Musk, you know, that wants the Neuralink and the brain chip. And so this lady gets on, uh, at the brain transparency thing at Davos and she just goes, they, they start off with this video and they show this lady working and they're monitoring her brain at work. She, there's no brain chip. She's just, she's got headphones on or a wearable, something wearable that doesn't, it's not intrusive into her body or anything. And they monitor her brainwaves. And then she realizes, oh, you know, I was looking at this uh, coworker and I'm, I'm attracted to him. Is that going to show up on a thing? And she gets a review and the lady comes in and says, your brainwave activities are wonderful. We'll show that you're concentrating on your work and that type of thing. And you're going to get a raise. Then the next day, though, the police show up and they start taking all of the information there and they take everybody's brainwaves because this guy's what? been accused of fraud. I mean, he could be accused of something else, but they're taking the brainwaves of all the people there to match them up like, okay, when he's doing this wire fraud stuff, this is what his brain looks like. And maybe he has co-conspirators here at work. Wow. And so the, the lady who's doing this brain transparency thing, she goes, you know, look, you can, you can look here. I'm wearing a wearable now and you can track my brain waves as I'm doing this talk. And she says things like, let me just give you a couple quotes from her talk. You can get this on the Davos website, by the way. Uh, you, we can pick up, her name is Nita Farani. Uh, this is just, you know, in, just a couple of weeks ago in Davos. We can pick up and decode faces that you're seeing in your mind, simple shapes, numbers, your PIN number to your bank account. Oh my goodness. Uh, artificial intelligence has enabled advances in decoding brain activity in ways that we thought we never thought before, po never before thought possible. Another quote, what you think, what you feel, it's all just data. This is a big thing with uh, Harari says in the past, mm -hmm. it was people who had land and industrial uh, capacity that were the wealthy people, but now data is the currency of the future. So she says, what you think, what you feel, it's all just data, data that in large patterns uh, uh, can be decoded using artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Another quote, artificial intelligence has enabled advances in decoding brain activity. Oh, I already said that one. So, I mean, this is, this is concerning and she, but they, they sort of talk about this dystopian world where people are going to be evaluated of, for their future on maybe what they were thinking about. By the way, I just want to interject here. I don't know if many of you remember back in 2009, 2010, when Common Core state standards was being unleashed by the government in America. Part of the agenda, part of what was slipped into there is data mining of students using their mouse uh, pad computers or headphones in the classroom. I didn't get very far because people were saying, wait, that's a little invasive, intrusive to find out what the students were thinking, how they were feeling, if they come from Christian families, if they were against what the teacher was doing and whatnot. But, John, I want to go to this article and uh, ask you the question, what could go wrong? 
Because the presenter, one of the presenters at Davos said the purpose of showcasing this dystopian mind-reading future was to highlight the, quote, positive use cases of brain monitoring technology because, quote, what I don't want the reaction to be is, let's ban this. So they're trying to find, oh, this is convenient, but there are some good things about this, John. You can probably say that about most technology, right? Well, yeah, I mean, look, there, there's things that, I mean, I love stuff about technology. I mean, we, I mean, the way we do this show, it, it sounds like I'm almost there yes. sitting in, in the studio with you. Oh, you just gave it away. Because of the beauty of technology. <laughs> but she even acknowledged in her talk, it also, that this technology also has a dystopian possibility of being used to exploit and bring to the surface our most secret self. Mm. Now, but, but then she's like, well, you know, maybe that won't happen. At the World Government Summit last year in the United Arab Emirates, there's there's three big meetings, by the way. There's the World Government Summit that's in the UAE. There's a future financial investment initiative conference that's held in Saudi Arabia. This is where the money's coming. There's a lot of the money behind ESG and these things that are trying to push environmental, social governments, things onto corporations comes out of Saudi Arabia because we'll stop drilling for oil and they'll have the only oil to sell. That's part of what's behind this agenda. But, um, and then they have Davos and, uh, and there's also a Russian one, but I won't go into that right now. But at the world, Ec world government summit, which is kind of interesting. And the, the title of the session was, are you ready for a new world order? Now, when, when Davos happens and the World Government Summit goes, you'll, you're going to go, you'll go to Time and you'll go to New York Times and Washington Post and they'll say, oh boy, here comes another, you know, World Government Summit and the conspiracy theorists are going to be out in force. Well, listen, at this point, it, it's, you shouldn't call them conspiracy theories. You should call them spoiler alerts because they're they're telling you what they're doing and they're being very open about it. So uh -huh. at the World Government Summit, a lady, financial lady, uh, analyst named Pippa Malgram said, you know, we're going to control all the money and maybe we need a digital bill of rights. So I would encourage you go oh. to the World Economic oh. Forum and look through the 150 or so sessions that they had. I'm going to be reviewing videos from this place forever, it seems mm -hmm. like, because there's, I'm going to be data mining it. And, <laughs> and she, but you will not see anybody talking about the digital bill of rights. Mm -hmm. Pippa Malgram, I'll give her credit for bringing it up. And so you'll go see guys from the Bank of International Settlements and come out and say, yeah, we're concerned that people are spending money and we don't know exactly what we're doing, so we need to put these central bank digital currencies in place. And uh, Tucker Carlson had Catherine Austin Fitz on uh, last week, about a week ago, and she was talking about it. She's pretty expert on that. She says, this is the, this is the end of human freedom. Mm -hmm. And they just said, well, maybe it's a dystopian possibility, but well, yeah, it certainly is. And then when we layer on top of what we know about this, this beast system that's going to come at some point, mm. I don't think it's here. It's, it's pretty scary. So Saturday night, when I get a call from, from Charles that, or a text from Charles that he's not going to do it. There, there's this thing out, and I think we talked about it the last time maybe I was on, uh, ChatGPT. I, I first found about it when I'm sitting in Jerusalem at a se business session at this media summit that they had, uh, the Israeli government had for some of us. <coughs> and the guy brought up, you had to get ChatGPT. It's only been out about 10 days. 
first seven days, they had over a million downloads. And so a lot of people are doing it and <clears throat> people have given it some pretty incredible tasks. You know, I saw somebody, a uh, couple pastors have done, you know, please, you know, do a, do a sermon and the style of this with uh, illustrations that someone like Jack Hibbs would use or somebody like that. They'll pull out and it pull out the sermon for you, you know, like 1500 word thing in three seconds. Mm. And it, and a lot of people are looking at it and it's like, it's not bad. If you give it a little bit more time, you can say, create a movie script and do a, image rendering of the main characters and it will do that or create this. But I saw somebody, a Christian guy doing this, having it create certain scenes from the Bible in digital art. And you don't do anything. You just tell it what to do. And it, it's called a large language model. Well, you know, now Joe Allen, um, Joe bot XYZ, uh, Substack, uh, you can get his information He's tracking it and he's talking about now they're taking this large language model and they're using it to create synthetic bioproteins that evolution has never created. And the goal is that everything is data. Francis Collins said that DNA is data. And so they're, the goal will be to alter your genetic code and DNA. And make you, I guess, what you would say is human 2.0. Now, this has Tower of Babel stuff written all over it to me, <laughs> yeah. to someone who tries to be biblically informed in the way I look at the world. And I know that there's um, there's a, a Babylon at the beginning of the Bible. There's a Babylon at the end. And I know when I studied the Babylon at the beginning, you know, there, there was this goal, we'll be like gods. And what happened? They didn't get finished with their goal. God intervened. Now we're, it's happening on a digital code of life scale. And so my question is, when does God intervene in this mm -hmm. process? Because yeah. I, I don't think God will let it happen. But that's not going to stop the people who have this religious aspect to them as to how they're going to run humanity. Mm. Yep. In 2015, Harari went to Google headquarters. He started his talk. You can find it online in 2015. Mm -hmm. And he said, I love coming here because I can see my friend who introduced me. But I also like coming to Silicon Valley because it is here. This is a direct quote. It is here that the religions that will control humanity in the 21st century are being created. Wow. So uh, all I'm saying is just don't, don't take, don't say, Oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Go listen to what they say in their own there words. Are Thousands of hours of videos yeah. out there about what they're doing but, and what they what they want to do with Neuralink. And listen, some of it's good. I have a, a great niece who's deaf. I would give anything for somebody to develop a technology so she could hear her sister, her twin sister's voice, mm. her mom and dad's voice. Okay, I get that. But when you look at the way they present these things, and I may have said this the last time we were on, I, d I don't remember. Um, when they did the Neuralink presentation for Elon Musk's company, 
and they were talking about this. They, they presented it as, and the guy in Jerusalem said this, the lame will walk. The, the, the lame will walk, the blind will see, the deaf will hear. Well, that was the messianic signs that Jesus gave the disciples of John the Baptist. You go back and you tell, they said, are you the one or should we look for another? And he gave them this. He said, you go back and you tell John, the lame walk, the blind see, mm-hmm. the deaf hear. And so there's this pseudo Christos part of this antichrist. We call it the antichrist. It's really a pseudo Christ, someone who puts himself in that place and imitates Jesus. That's the, the, a lot of this end time thing is look at the patterns in the Old Testament and everything. And that's the Satan is the great imitator. He's not original, but he's going to try to imitate Christ. So we're seeing this. So this, so this chat GPT thing. So I was tempted the other night. Well, maybe I'll just get on chat GPT and, you know, you know, make up, uh, the intellectual, make up, make me a sermon on this topic with, uh, and the intellectual, uh, style of uh, Charles Spurgeon with the incisive <laughs> wit of David Fiorazzo on stand up for the truth or something like that. And see, and, but people are doing this. Pastors are doing this. And the thing is, it's good enough that you can't tell. Mm. They're even giving it licensing exams, like at uh, Wharton School of Finance. They're having it take final exams. And it's getting like a B or B plus. And this is just the first real rolled out to the public generation. Google will, what's today, the 7th? I believe Google is going to announce their generative arch- artificial intelligence program that they're releasing tomorrow. Uh, ChatGPT came out. It's from OpenAI. Uh, it's really the sort of the third generation, but it's the first one rolled out to the public. So it's sort of basic rudimentary stuff. But I'm telling you that they're talking about two-thirds of lawyers will no longer be needed. Now, everybody gets excited about that, okay? But they're using it for computer programming, and it's it's doing a pretty good job. And so... What and so go back to Yuval Harari from 2018 World Economic Forum at Davos. What are we going to do with these humans when they have no value to society? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a worldview, isn't and it? It 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 is, and and of course, the guys at Davos they're they're the elites. They're well, you know, we have this agenda, and it's really good for society that we're doing all these things, and you know. What about the people that spread misinformation about things that are against our agenda? And they're coming up with, so now they have brain transparency. So they're going to, I mean, will they be able to scan you while you're sitting in a, uh, a state of the union meet, you know, thing for the president <laughs> and like, Oh, look at there's, you know, you know, some Republican congresswoman or, Congressman, like, oh yeah, they, they're not on board with this. We can tell that they're a problem already. Yeah. Look at the, look at what their brain activity is doing. John, I was thinking, well, the whole time we're I talking we're about there. the brain activity, I'm thinking of worshiping the beast and the whole world. All those who dwell on the earth will worship the beast. How mm. will they know that? And as I'm listening to this and I'm, I watched your update, I thought, well, it's your brainwaves. You know, whether you actually are or aren't may be moot. It's your brainwaves and they will decide if you are or aren't. Wow. Yeah. Like whether you're really on board. So it's, um, well, they've already got to keep in mind. We got to remember that when we're done here, 
you know, we're with the Lord. So absent from the body, present with the Lord. Yes. Right. Yes. Praise God. Oh, it's uh, so, John, just a couple minutes left, three minutes. Um, how about if we redirect? And I know you could do this. We could do this constantly. Just trying to remind people, <laughs> hey, these are not surprising times. If you know the Bible, if you're a student of the Bible or prophecy, but it is disturbing and it's potentially overwhelming. So speak to those listeners who are trying to, you know, absorb all this. Yeah, you know, um, I was on uh, with Tom Hughes recently, and he asked me the exact same question, so I'll sort of give the same answer. <laughs> You're allowed. Uh, we know we know how this works out. We we know the end of the book. Amen. Okay, and but we know that there's going to be difficult times. But I'm I'm also very impressed. So, like my Ukrainian pastor friend and everything, who is ministering in a war zone. Uh, and he told me, you know, in Jerusalem, he said, you know, you're talking to people about the things of the Lord and the gospel, and you know, they're going off the war and you likely will never see them again. Mm -hmm. They will never return. And it sort of makes the, your message, it helps you understand the, uh, importance of the message that you have mm -hmm. and that we have hope. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I've said this a number of times lately. I'm going to be a year older in a couple of weeks. I'm glad I'm an old guy. <laughs> okay. Because, and I, I just saw somebody commented on our YouTube channel this morning. She, he goes, I'm 25 and I feel like I, I'm going to end up in a tech prison. Mm -hmm. So there are people, this is, this is real stuff. Yes. But Listen, the church has been persecuted. The church is being persecuted in Ukraine and yep. elsewhere. Everywhere around the world. Uh, in Russia, in, in Africa, and that type of thing. And understand that. So here's what I try to think about is it, I, I pray that whatever happens to me, if it's bad, that it's quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I also might, I think we need to sort of reorient ourselves that, uh, it's not about being comfortable. It's about doing things for the glory of the mm -hmm. Lord. Lord, please mm -hmm. allow me to act in such a way that you will be glorified. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I try to keep in mind. And I, I, I hope I don't fall short of that, but Amen, brother. I, I just think we're sort of at a point where the church kind, um, we kind of need to reorient our mindset a bit as to what's coming because it's it looks oppressive it yeah. looks bad and all this thing but god is in control and this is all part of god's plan as this works out and jesus told his disciples listen you should look at the day you're living in you consider your people wanted the prophets wanted to live at this time yeah so maybe that ought to be our attitude mm -hmm. lord thank you for letting me yes. live at this time for and, such a time as this what, John, thank you. In the time of the signs. Yep. God bless you, brother. God bless. Thanks so much for all that you do, all your research. Uh, friends, looking ahead to next week, Mark, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Elijah Abraham, Elisa Childers, Marsha Montenegro next Thursday, David Horowitz. But tomorrow, former homosexual George Carneal, and we'll talk about his book and his life. Don Stewart, Educating Our World on Thursday, Pastor Jeff Solwald Friday. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.